0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. My name's Rick. It's good to be with you today. Merry Christmas, Pastor Rick. Thank you, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Well, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. It's the Sunday in which we celebrate love, we look at the love that is in the gospel story. Uh, you can't get too far away from John three sixteen, can you? 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That could be news to some of our religiousness Because a lot of times we think God sent His Son into the world to condemn the world. No, not to condemn, but to save the world through Him. Jesus is the reason for the season. He is our life. So when I think of love, I I think of our our relationships, our relationship with God. We love God because He first loved us. And as a result of His love made known to us in in the Son, The Son has come to reveal the Father to us, to reveal the Father's love to us. And as Jesus comes and reveals the Father's love to us, when we see that God is not a condemning, angry, uh, mean (laughs) entity, that he is a loving and kind and gracious and that he wants to have a personal relationship with each one of us through Christ, we move into that relational dynamic with him. We rejoice in that. That's that's absolutely wonderful. Praise the Lord for his love relationship to us. But then we find that it doesn't stop there. It goes to then now we love one another. And probably the first one another in your life would be your spouse. If you're married, if you're not, it would be a very, very special friendship that you have. Hopefully not just with a, a critter, um, but with a human being. Although I have a special relationship with my little critter, Chewy, and, uh, but my relationship with Debbie e- exceeds my relationship with Chewie. Chewy's always biting on me. Debbie only occasionally bites. So. <laughs> But when we look at the relationship that we have as husband and wife, it it is one of those covenant relationships that is to reflect our relationship with God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And so when we look at that, it's like, okay. so this morning I thought I would take you through kind of a wedding rehearsal. If you did your pre-marriage counseling with me and I performed your ceremony, the day that we practiced, we rehearse the ceremony, you would remember these words. Because this is what I often, oftentimes share at a wedding rehearsal. Ephesians chapter five, beginning at verse 21. "Submit Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another Out of reverence for Christ. Most males don't know that verse is in there because there is a mutual submission that goes both ways out of reverence for Christ. But most males really know verse 22. Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay. Wives, submit. It's in the scripture. And it's one that a male-dominated leadership has made sure that it it got punctuated often. You've been a part of a religious system like that? Yet when I would do a, 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 a rehearsal, my whole thing was the women really got off easy. All they had to do was submit. Husbands have to love as Christ loved. When you love the way Christ loves, all the selfishness goes out. A young couple came running up to my friend, who was my associate pastor. And as he was, as they was coming up saying, we want to get married. And they're just all starry eyed in love and all that. And he looked at them very clearly and said, prepare to die. And we find that the the dynamic of a covenant relationship is, is kind of the crucible that God will use to bring us to the end of our selfish, egocentric life. And to love our wife the way Christ loves the church. Wow. I had another friend point out to me, do you realize Christ loves the church even when she is misbehaving? Oftentimes, God's people in the Old Testament, they they use some very graphic language to describe the, the violation of relationship. Israel's called a harlot, whoring after other gods. And there's been times when the church hasn't been so pristine in her pursuit of the Lord Jesus. And yet he loves her. Now that was a revelation because being a little pastor, I always saw the church as just absolutely beautiful, you know, without spot or blemish. Look around, you'll see that's not true. Whoops, that went right over your head. Okay. We're not. And yet he still chooses to pour out all his love and affection toward us. It's not about how good we behave, how well we speak. It's about he is love and he's chosen to love us. And so we we get this this incredible dynamic on this Advent Sunday of love, of knowing that it's not about your behavior or whether you deserve to be loved, It's about who he is. God is love and he loves you. Another friend of mine, this is quote all your friends Sunday, I guess. Uh, He said something that impacted me and it still it came back even as I was preparing for this. And I, I just thinking the Lord was speaking to him. He was like five months married, full five months under his belt. He loved the Lord. He was listening to the Lord one, son, uh, one day and the Lord said, I want you to learn how to love your wife the way I created her to authentically be loved. Wow. But what about me? Well, that's right. It's the crucible that will bring us to the end of ourselves. But I, I want to take that thought and just say, apply it to all your relationships. How do you think God intended the person that you are around that you come across? How do you think he intended them to be authentically loved the way he created them to be loved? Okay, meditate on that, chew that. It would make my counseling load a lot easier if we were starting to ask the Lord, how do you want me to love my spouse the way you created my spouse to authentically be loved? Hmm. And I think Jesus came, when he came to the earth, he had that kind of DNA in him that says, I will love you the way the creator, Father God created you to be loved. And so he loved, and he loved well. Learn how to love as God has intended us to authentically love is going to take more than just one Sunday. So as we love God and we learn to love others, I always go to 1st John chapter 4. When you think of love, you either go to 1 Corinthians 13 or 1st John chapter 4. And today I want to go to 1st John chapter 4 and we'll begin at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. That is so amazing. The word here in the Greek for love is agape. It's the kind of love that's unconditional. It's one that's a real stretch for us as human beings, except for possibly parents, especially mothers for children. They seem to be able to move in that like unconditional love for their kids. But it's the way God loves. And so we're encouraged because God is love, and he expressed his love by sending his only begotten Son, that we, as receiving that, come into that relationship with him. You'll find in 1 John early earlier in the, in the, in the letter that there is a connection that if you are loving, then you are in God. And if you are in God, that presupposes that God is in you. And so John says this in many different ways in his gospel in chapter 17, you know, it's, it's the whole thing about, you know, you and me and I in you and we'll be brought to complete unity. And there's that, that whole concept of love, of oneness, that as we love, we become more and more like the Lord. And as we become more like the Lord, we find that the effectiveness of our love has a greater impact on those that we call the objects of our love. And as we love them, there is something of a oneness that begins to develop. One with God, one with Him, one with who is the object of our love. He loved us, sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Hmm. Just an incredible, incredible passage. I was reading a devotional this week that just really blessed me in a very powerful way. And it was talking about having the robe of righteousness. And as it was talking about the robe of righteousness, as it was going on, it was talking and it was it was implying that Christ is the one that set your clothes out this morning on what you're going to wear. And I just thought, huh, I never thought of that. I know if you were a kid, maybe mom set your clothes out uh, or maybe as you got older, you set your clothes out the night before. I know that when I have special occasions and I got to make sure that uh, my certain dress shirt is ready to go i try to get everything ready and, and get it all all there and very selective and get everything coordinated and i never thought of jesus setting our garments out for us the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness all the ways in which he comes to us specifically to clothe us for the day His righteous robe is always there and when we're looking rather spectacular through the day because he has dressed us looking pretty pretty spiffy all of heaven watches and they know we didn't dress ourselves we were dressed by him They all know that whatever we have been given to put on for the day came from Him. It's not something that we earned, it's something that we received. Um, I'm gonna get to an incredible, I'll I'll go ahead and try to get it out right now. Uh, Dr. Susan Watson was sharing with us and she said, this year God is getting ready He wants us to to be ready to release something incredible is about to be released. Something incredible is about to be released. For some of us, that's just how he wants to clothe us for the day. He always wants to clothe us for whatever it is that we're approaching today. Today is Food Pantry Sunday. So I wore this for the service, but then I'm 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 getting clothed in a different way to stand out in the 30 some degree temperature in our parking lot and pass out groceries. And I will definitely have different shoes on. And to realize that the Lord knows everything that you're going to encounter this day, and so he wants you to know that in his love, he will dress you so that you'll be prepared for everything that comes your way. Praise God. I love that about him. How many times have I just gone off in a whirlwind and in a sense, in the natural, feel very unprepared, but his spirit is doing something that's preparing me for the things that I cannot anticipate. That's how good he is. So we get to another passage about love when They try to Get Jesus and and they see him as the teacher and they want to know what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment And here? This is the passion translation and Jesus answered him Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart With all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. Love the Lord. Amen. Wow. This is the great and supreme commandment and the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained in these commands to love you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. Wow. So as we look at our Advent celebration today, the question is, can we learn to love? You're actually designed to love. Your brain was originally programmed to start picking up all the indications that you're loved. Uh, Tony Pertel talked to us about when an infant is born and you always bring the infant right up close and you speak in a different tone. You, you don't speak like you do with other people. You, you, all of a sudden you get a spiritual language from heaven. Oh so sweet, goo oh now my little poo-doo-doo, ooh And you just, you just, and their eye meets with your eye. And there's that moisture in the eye like a tear and their eyes start to glisten because they are programmed for love. They're designed to receive love. And when they have a loving parent that's doting over them, they just they just come alive. They just receive it. And so we are designed, we are created for love. We're not only designed to receive love, But we're programmed that after we receive what we receive, we give. Hmm. We want to give love. It's very, very important because he loved us. First, we love him. And because as little infants, if we known the love of a mother and a father, we would reciprocate love. Can we learn to love deeply? Hmm. Learning to receive grace and the grace infused love that meets us every moment in Jesus. We don't love perfectly, but we can increase our capacity to love. Many of you know, I I know the Combses know Bob Jones, uh, the Arkansas prophet who, who years ago passed away and he was standing before the throne of God. And this is a guy that did all sorts of prophetic ministry, all this kind of stuff. And the question that was asked him as he stood before the Lord was, how well did you love? Not how many souls did you lead to Christ, not how many Bible studies you conducted, not how many prophecies did you release, but how well did you love? And folks, the enemy is always targeting our capacity to increase in love. That's why he uses the wounds, the hurts, the traumas, Uh, Maybe we only had a mother that loved us, we didn't have a father. Maybe we only had a father that loved us, we didn't have a mother. Maybe we didn't have mother or father that that was there treasuring us from from the moment of birth. But He has been there. And He has been treasuring all along. Because He loves you. And as you you go through this and you, you realize My capacity to love is the very thing that threatens the kingdom of darkness. Because I'm not going to come up with some great plan that'll be a new government structure that will make everything on earth just wonderful. But the, the law of love, how do I love? And to realize, I believe that that'll be the question that we will all get when we get before him. How well did you love? Now, Bob came back to life and he devoted the rest of his life to loving well. Yeah. I don't want you to die today, but I want you to get the same impact of the revelation. It's about how well do you love? And if you can't love those that are closest to you, ask the Lord what's going on. Why is it my spouse drives me absolutely loony? Well, I guarantee you there's probably some assistance from the kingdom of darkness that's trying to make your spouse look a certain way or is highlighting all their shortcomings. But when you start looking with the heart of love, you start seeing through God's eyes, because as 1 John 4 says, He's in us and we're in Him. And this makes His love complete when we love each other. And so let's, let's take that to heart and, and move with that. And the last one, can we learn to love completely? We can be, we can be committed to moving on The journey of discovery of how to love completely. We we have probably some of our our heroes in the faith that we would go to to say how wonderful they loved completely. Mother Teresa, uh, others, you know, like Mother Teresa, who loved in an extraordinary way. But to know that we can be taking the journey toward loving more completely. We probably won't love as complete as we possibly can until we see Him face to face. And when we see Him, we'll be as Him, because we'll see Him as He is. We'll be just like Him. So I hope that's good news for you today. It's good news for me. I realize, uh if right now you're getting beat over the head by the evil one saying, you are so terrible at loving. Just say, oh, but I can ask for forgiveness. Because the key to loving completely is humility. The only way you're ever going to be able to love as Christ love is to take the same posture of humility that Christ has taken. And when we empty ourselves of anything that we have a right to and we allow him to fill us with his love, then it's not about whether we got our needs met. It's about his love meeting our needs. And from that place, loving one another. So politically, medically, masks on, mask off, whatever the controversy is, Don't let the enemy use cultural things to bifurcate our focus on love. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.